True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal and Renee. And we're so happy to be back with you after the holiday season. I hope everyone's doing great. And we are here with a brand new episode of True Crime Broads. We're going to kind of go back over from the beginning and get everyone caught up who's new to the program about the Missy Beavers case. If you're not familiar with True Crime Broads, we are a true crime podcast. And if you check our Instagram, you'll see all the cases that we've done. But I would say that Missy Beavers is our pet case. That's our main one. And if you'll just stick with us, we'll be right back with that timeline. Sounds good. Welcome back to True Crime Brides. On today's episode, if you're new to the case, this is the podcast you want to listen to because we're about to go over everything that happened leading up to now in the Missy Beavers case. Absolutely. Okay, so... I'm going to start out with, of course, the beginning. Um, for people that um, haven't followed this case from the beginning, they would, you know, not know what's going on. And we've done so many episodes, it's kind of hard to go that far back. But on April 18th, 2016, it was a Monday, Missy Beavers was found dead in a church. Uh, Creekside Church of Christ at the time is what it was called. She had um, campers that were um, doing early workouts and there was a person that was, it was their first time to work out. Oh, well, hang on. Before we move forward, we should explain what campers mean. Uh, Missy Beavers taught a sort of a parking lot style workout class called Camp Gladiator. And even if you're not familiar with Camp Gladiator, you've probably seen people in your town doing those parking lot workouts. It's usually like right. really early in the morning. Mm-hmm. I used to see that when I dropped off my kids at school. And um, so anyway, Missy taught that. And Creekside Church just happened to be the location where she was teaching, and she was just there to set up. Right, exactly. So she, she I believe her class was from 5 to 6 a.m., but she had some campers that wanted to do early. I guess they couldn't make it to work on time, so she would go in at 4.30. Well, she'd come earlier than that, but you know what I'm saying, saying to do the 4.30 to 6. So she had a, a camper that was uh, new. They were starting out, and they had gotten there early to also do the early workout. But they couldn't figure out how to get in the door, so they just waited in their car. And then the other ones had showed up and, I guess, showed him how to get into the door. They all went in and found her dead. And at this point, from what we understand, there was two 911 calls made, Um you know, explaining that there's a woman here that's been, you know, harmed, um, bleeding, needs assistance. And at that point, then police and the medical professionals show up. Yeah. And something really bizarre about the one, the, the one guy who was supposed to be there at 430, the class started at five o'clock, but there was three people who were supposed to be there at 430. Only one of them showed up because it was pouring down rain we call them the early birds uh, arrivers. Um, One of the ladies that was supposed to be there, she was a regular member of Camp Gladiator. She attended frequently, but she woke up and saw it was raining and decided not to go at 4.30. And the other lady apparently got a flat tire. And by the time her son came and rescued her, she ended up getting there at the regular around five o'clock instead of her normal 4.30. So um, that was just a real, we've always speculated how strange that is because if those 430 people had all been there, who knows how differently this could have turned out. They could have gotten killed. Maybe Missy wouldn't have gotten killed because those, all these extra people were there. It's really interesting to think about and it makes you really wonder 
you know, over the years, people have said how well planned this murder was, but the mere fact that those 430 people are part of the equation makes you think maybe it wasn't. Right. Yeah, they didn't, maybe they didn't know about these early birds, uh, people that showed up and they just got lucky, unfortunately. It's hard to to say lucky and, you know, killer in the same sentence, but... I guess it, it happened, you know. It did. It was lucky for the killer. Absolutely. Right. Unfortunately. Um, so at this point, um, you know, the medical professionals show up. Um, everybody's, you know, probably just super distraught, uh, totally frightened, scared, you know, trying to figure out what is going on. Because at first I think they thought that she had, what was it, fallen or I don't remember something We've heard different accounts, but we did hear that someone saw Missy through the window and initially, you know, she was laying down from a distance, thought that she was some carpet that was rolled up. Right. And then when they finally gained access, apparently the 430 guy that did arrive, you know, there was three people that were supposed to be there at 430. The new guy did arrive Mm -hmm. on time, but he didn't know how to work the door to get in, but he knew Missy was there. That's something important to note. Missy's truck was there. It was clear that she was in the process of kind of unloading things, and she wasn't answering her phone. The gentleman that showed up at 4.30 actually knew her. They were friends, acquaintances. Mm -hmm. So he was just like, huh. So he went and waited in his car. It's pouring down rain. And um, so that's just sort of an interesting thing to think about, too, that, you know, he was just out there waiting. Can can you imagine it being your first time to go to a Camp Gladiator class And number one, it's pouring down rain. You're probably thinking, oh, my gosh, this is the worst time ever for me to start this class. Uh, It's raining and it's cold and or whatever. And then you can't get in the door. And then you find out that she's murdered. I mean, what are the odds? Yeah, and apparently he knew her personally, you know, on some level. They were buddies and he just was distraught. As yeah. you would imagine. I can't even imagine. I feel bad for, for him having to go through that. It it would be very traumatic for anyone. I just, ugh, horrible. So at this point, uh, it's it's on the news that Missy has been found dead, and and um, people are, you know, freaking out, trying to figure out what happened. Um, and I guess it's quick, because I remember you mentioned this not long ago, that it was quick for them to say that they had checked the building, there was no one else there, but that they, but definitely she had been murdered. Mm-hmm. Um I, I guess I vaguely remember that because I just remember hearing the story and being so confused. I just remember walking through my living room and the TV was on and they broke in and said someone was murdered at a church in Midlothian. And obviously I jerked my head because I heard Midlothian. I don't live in that, you know, the southern suburbs anymore, but I'm still in the area. And I was like, wow, that's Midlothian. Yeah. And someone got killed in a church. It just was so strange. And so as the story started to unfold, it just kind of got weirder and weirder, you know, it's just un- it seemingly um, unprovoked, you know, you walk into a building and the scariest thing for Missy is she walks in there to do what she's done many times before. This was not her first day. Right. She had been doing this for a while at the same location. She walks in her normal routine, start to set up. It was raining. So there's, you know, been information that's come in that they were usually going to, Uh, They would usually exercise under the awning on those days, or if it gets really, really bad, they would go inside, apparently. So we're not really sure what the exact plan was that day, but she was just getting set up for whatever class she was about to teach. And it's just really hard to comprehend a mom just trying to earn some extra money for a family walking into horror of someone Mm -hmm. inside waiting for her. 
And the really, really weird part of this whole thing is that this person is dressed from head to toe and it's been speculated that it's fake. Some people say parts of it is real. Whatever it is, this person's basically dressed like a tactical police officer in riot gear. And from a distance, that probably looks real. You know, maybe, I don't know at what point she saw the person, but uh, at first you would probably be like, oh, and then you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't look real. I mean, I don't know, I'm just guessing, but... Yeah. I can't even imagine how hard that would be to process because you would look at the person and you would think, okay, I didn't see any police cars. Yeah, that's and true. And you would think these riot cops, these tactical cops, SWAT-type cops, I know those aren't all the interchangeable, but anybody like that that's not just in your normal, you know, whatever they were on the beat, you know, those people travel in groups. You know, they're, it's never... Not just one, You yeah. never have one guy going True. in riot gear mm-hmm. to answer a call. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think that's normal. Anyone out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would just think that her brain would be trying to just process what she's seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, unfortunately, it wasn't too long after she entered and interfaced with this person that she was attacked and murdered. Yeah. Very scary situation. I know, um, I remember thinking to myself, oh gosh, now we have this crazy person on the loose running around, you know, or whatever. So, and I'm sure I wasn't alone in that. Many people were probably thinking, wow. Well, a lot of people still think that. Yeah. Here we are. It's been almost seven years, y'all. I don't know if you're new to the case, this happened in April of 2016. And when April rolls around, as fast as time goes by, that'll be like a blip. Well, it'll yeah. be April of 2023 here in a couple months, a few months, and that will be the seven-year mark, you guys. Yeah, it's crazy. I just want to apologize in advance to the weather's been crazy. Everybody's been sick. I was sick like I don't know three weeks ago. It wasn't long. wasn't It probably lasted like a couple days. But I got this leftover cough, so I have a cough drop in my you mouth. You don't so sound like it. Do you, I not? You, good, no, good. It's not coming across good. on the air. No, okay. no, no, no well, need just to apologize. Um, but anyway, and my voice sounds better, but it does still sound a little weird. But um, okay, so at this point, um, police start what they normally do. They start talking to the spouse. That's the first person they look at. And, of course, um, a few other people surrounding, you know, Missy. Um, so at this point, he comes home. Okay, so let me back up. People don't know this. I, I'm, I'm forgetting how we're going to to detail this. Um, at this point, Brandon is in on his um, annual fishing trip that he takes every April, I guess yearly. Um, I think it probably varies March and April. Yeah, I somewhere think we heard. Close. Yeah, just yeah. it's it's a spring um, fishing trip with the same group of guys right. every year. So this is not, you know, a lot of people point out what an oddity it was that he was out of town. Um, Yes, it is unfortunate he was out of town when his wife was murdered, but this is a pre-planned annual trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's he is actually in Biloxi, Mississippi, on this annual fishing trip when this happens. So somebody contacts him, of course, and tells him what had happened. He explained in one of his interviews that just a few minutes later, and he would have been out on that ship or boat or whatever it is, charter boat, um, and wouldn't been able to get a hold of him. Yeah, no yeah. service out there. I so, can I can attest to that from our Christmas trip. I mean, you're just out in the middle of the water, yeah, and it's no, impossible to get a good signal. Right. So they contact him, let him know that something has happened. And at first, um, from what we've heard on news uh, reports and things, was that somebody said, Missy's no longer with us. So he didn't know what had happened. So um, someone at, the, um, at this fishing trip, drives him back 
uh, home. And a rental car from, right. with Mississippi plates on it. Right. Um, so anyway, he comes back home to figure out what has happened. Um, I guess he has family members that have went to the house to take care of the girls at this point. I'm sure they're old enough to be by themselves, but at the point of this murder, nobody wants them to be alone because you don't know what's happening. You don't well, know and, they, and the family member had to break the <clears throat> horrifying news to them. Right, exactly. It's just, just horrible. So... So things start progressing. You know, they start looking at Brandon, talking to him. They get search warrants for, um, of course, Missy's uh, truck, phone, things like that to start doing their investigation. Um, and there was something else I meant to mention. Um, was it about the truck and how yes. her things were still in it? Yes. Yeah, and her, her wedding ring. It's important to note that her wedding ring was still on her finger. Mm-hmm. If this person was targeting her for money, if this person was in the church looking for things Robbing. to steal, mm-hmm. if you would reach down and wiggle her ring off, that would have taken two seconds. And they left her iPhone, iPad, purse. Her purse was untouched in her truck, which was sitting right outside the door. So, you know, there's kind of, you know, that's some evidence that this person's motive was not to steal mm-hmm. because the person didn't leave with anything. They stole Missy's life and they need to pay for that. But as far as um, trinkets, electronic devices that maybe they removed from the church, there's no, uh, the church said there was nothing missing. I'm certain that they wouldn't still have the offerings lying around or even in the office. Most churches that I'm aware of, they go deposit those immediately after the service. They know better than to leave that laying around. Um, so yeah, so we what we have here is it looks very much like this person dressed up to hide, lie and wait for Missy and target her. She was the she was the intended target. She was intended to be murdered. She was the intended target. Right. You know, and I want to I want to touch on this for just a second. Um, we we've seen so many people uh, talk about this being a um, robbery gone wrong. She was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever. Um, the thing about it is, is that, so on the video that police uh, released, and we'll, we'll give you that information in just a minute, uh, so you can look at it if you've never, you know, heard of this case before, but, um, on the, on the first, is it the first, no, it's the third, it's the third video that police released. They released, I'll just tell it now, no sense of waiting. They released eight seconds, um, on April 18th a video from the surveillance footage at the church. Then they released 20 seconds on the 19th, and then they released 2 minutes and 27 seconds on the 22nd. So on the third one, which was on the 22nd, there was a timestamp at the top, and it said 3.58 a.m., but the person is already walking down the hall kind of midstream. So I tend to think that maybe they were there even longer than that. But if you calculate the time that Missy showed up, and there's news reports it was 4.16, 4.18, and 4.20. Somewhere in that neighborhood is when she arrived. That gives the the perpetrator, let's see, two minutes from three fifty eight. So that's what, like twenty minutes in the church. I always heard three fifty. Remember in the media, maybe they were just rounding it off. But I always just kind of had three fifty in my mind of okay. when they entered. But I don't know if that's okay. True. That's, that's just true. it seems so like even longer. Yeah, it was yeah. three fifty is what I always heard. Anyone out there, correct us if we're wrong. But I heard three fifty. And I know what you're saying about those timestamps. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've seen those timestamps. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of versions without them on there. Yeah, they so. removed it. Um, okay. I think they started it out on the eight seconds where they had it on there, and then the 20 and the, t- and the longer one, they removed okay. it. Interesting. But anyway, so, it, so that's 20 minutes 
plus that this perpetrator was in the church. They have nothing to put anything in. They have... I always heard 28 minutes, but maybe yeah. it's 20 to 28. Yeah, yeah somewhere so in that. There's a lot of time. time. Yeah, and, and they don't look like they're doing anything but killing time and wandering around. Now, there's been speculation by people who think this is an untargeted situation, and they said they're looking for things to steal and they're looking for Missy. That's not the way I interpret it. They just look like they're just kind of meand- yeah, meandering around and peeking in doors and windows. And then when when Missy arrives, that's when they decide it's time to take action. Right. And one of the things to note in one of the parts of the video where the person is casually, and I probably said this on the podcast probably 12 times, but they're casually trying to break into that one door where they're just kind of tapping real gently. Mm-hmm. That is a utility closet. It literally has paper towels and toilet paper in it. So it's just interesting. That yeah, the, the, per, the person is exhibiting odd behavior. Right. And we could speculate on all day on why that is. It might be because they're crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyone Definitely. that breaks into a church to kill someone, even if it's not targeted, is not all there. Because let's just pretend for a second it's untargeted. My instinct when someone arrived wouldn't be to bludgeon them, kill them. You're yeah. covered head to toe. Just yeah. leave. I would bolt up to the You're back good. door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bye. You know, you or know, just sneak out if you hear someone pull up or, or they could probably see her headlights through one of the windows. Just leave. Yeah. You know, so they, this person, they were on the, I'm sorry. They were on the ahead. opposite end. She's coming in this end. They're on this end. They could have just made a break for it. Yeah. Well, as soon as I saw her, they could have just bolted. Yeah. Um, and of course they okay, so people are gonna argue she would you would run the risk of her calling the police. But you know, you could just say something hopefully she wouldn't see you, but if they did, you could you could just say something like, Hey ma'am, I was called out here to check the premises, everything looks okay, have a good exercise class. Goodbye. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they could have done differently, but we, we don't believe here at True Crime Broads. We do we do agree with the investigators on this case that it was a targeted murder. Right. Um, but we just wanted to entertain that for a minute. Um, yeah. To be polite, but <laughs> yeah. we don't think that that's possible, that it was to untargeted, honestly. Right. And so, yeah, so you have Missy Beavers killed. Um, reports were that she was bludgeoned. Um, we also found out later, it's public knowledge now, that she had been shot. And, and where did that information come from originally? Um, well, it was from... Uh, Kevin Johnson told a podcaster not to tell anyone. The podcaster turned around and and went ahead and shared it in the groups. But also, I don't know if that was simultaneously with or if later people started noticing there was an on an online thing called. We used to think it was run by the FBI, but remember we asked Bobby Chacon about that. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't heard that episode with Bobby Chacon yet, we did an interview with him last year, mm-hmm. and he is an FBI right, retired FBI agent, and um. He said that it wasn't run by the FBI, but it's some kind of murder data that is accurate. It's, oh, isn't yeah. it murderdata.org? Murder yes, yeah. correct. Murderdata.org, and they had listed Missy's death. It was obvious they were talking about her, and they said it was a gunshot. Um, it was death by handgun. I forget how they yeah. worded it, mm-hmm. but it was a female, her age, description in Midlothian. Well, we know factually that there was no other murder that day in Midlothian, mm-hmm. so um, yeah. it, it fit her. They gave her age, everything. Right. So that- so we feel okay about we We didn't, for the longest time on True Crime Broads, we kept that quiet, mm-hmm. but then we realized at some point, everyone who's following the case is talking about that she was shot, so mm-hmm. we figured it was safe to go ahead and admit that we believe that as well. Not only that, but that um, that one, uh, I can't remember the channel, and I don't want to get it wrong, but that one um, 
short clip that they did in the news not long ago. I, I, it may have been like six months, nine months ago. I don't know. They mm-hmm. said, um, you know, they, they still haven't caught the killer and don't know who pulled the trigger. Remember? Yes, yeah. yes. Early news reports. We were, were kind saying, of shocked. We were like, "Whoa!" Well, and and even before that, at the very beginning, there were several. I remember this distinctly. There were several news reports where the reporter said that she was shot, mm-hmm. and then they just kind of let that go after a while and stopped saying it. Right. Okay. So at this point, uh, they're looking at, of course, Brandon. That's normal. You know, talking to the husband to see, you know, what's going on there. And they, and police uh, report that they, um, there is conversations between Missy and other people that seem familiar, flirtatious type conversations. Um, they also report that there was problems in the marriage and then, um, I guess, money problems, which have been, you know, eh, probably not is what they were making out to sound like, but nevertheless, maybe discussions of money. You never know. Yeah, and I remember you and I early on, and I used to I used to throw people out of our discussion groups on Facebook about the case because we really aren't here to talk about whether or not Missy was doing anything wrong. Right. Because that really doesn't matter. Right. No one has a right True. to murder anyone. Mm-hmm. We really don't think that she was doing what all the media kind of made it sound like at the beginning. Right. But even if she was... That is absolutely no reason to bludgeon someone, no. and so we shut down those conversations really quick. We're not right. going to we're not going to victim shame. Right. We don't do that on true crime broads. We're not going to do that in our discussion groups or anywhere else. Any so. yeah, any any unsolved murder, of course. Right. Yeah. So they go through the those conversations, and then they you know they go and talk to Brandon, and you know do their investigation, which they should. You know they should investigate any of anybody. That was close to her. But um, I don't really know how long that lasted. Do you know? I don't really remember. Which part? The, how long the investigation with Brandon lasted. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it oh, was. Well, there's probably a lot we don't know. But yeah. I think that they had gone to his house. And he was very open with them. Mm-hmm. Missy's husband said, come on in. He right. even offered. This has been mentioned in the media many times. He even offered to let them stay with him for a right. while. Just come and. Come and see what's going on yeah. here. He wanted to get eliminated as soon as possible so they right. could go and look for the actual killer. And that is a sign of innocence, you know? I mean, we've seen that in time and time again where there's a murder and the wife turns up missing or dead and the husband, you know, disappears. And no one, he won't talk to anyone and he's lawyered up. And I'm not saying lawyering up's a bad idea. I think even if you're innocent, you probably should lawyer up. But point being is Brandon was very open. Um, from my understanding, there was no reason for any search warrants because he was open. They, right. I'm sure he said, here's my phone, here's my computer. There was no reason for them to, my understanding with my limited understanding of how that works is that there's no need for a search warrant then if, if you give it up. Right. I don't know. So that's sort of where we're at on the investigation up until this point. And we're going to do another part where we discuss sort of the next phase and they get into something called the target list. And at that point in time, Midlothian police was releasing the search warrants to the media. Mm -hmm. They were saying, here they are. And they were intentionally having the media publish them and tell everyone we have them. And they were given to us by MPD. Right. And those came from numbers that were connected to Missy a certain time frame before the murder, correct? 
Are you talking about the target list? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It it was confusing. There was, there was reports early on that said that the target list was people who she had been in conversations with. And then later that was sort of retracted. So on our next episode, we'll go over the target list again. We've done a previous episode on it long time ago before we were in a professional studio. So we want to go back and hit those points again and maybe add some things that we've learned since then Mm -hmm. to sort of bring everyone up to speed who's new to the show, especially. Right. So um, is there anything else we wanted to cover today before we let everyone go or, cause I know we, we want to do a show on the target list. Yeah, we can go, we can, we can go over the list of that and then probably, yeah, we'll just go from there. It'll be fun. Okay. Well, we sincerely hope that everyone is doing well and you're enjoying True Crime Broads. We know today's episode was brief, but we just wanted to do a recap. And we hope that if you have questions, you will send us a message on Instagram, uh, Facebook Messenger. We are on both of those platforms as True Crime Broads, and we look forward to hearing from you. And is there anything you want to say, Renee? Nope. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to give us a review on Apple. Oh, yes. If you could give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple, whichever place you listen to us, we would greatly appreciate it. If you don't think we deserve a good review, then please move on. <laughs> please, please don't leave us a mean one. We're doing our best here. But anyway, Sorry. we hope. Oh, you're okay. I try. So yeah, Renee's got a little cough here. And you know, you were sick, like right before the holidays. So mm-hmm. that cough, I don't know about you guys out there. But when you get that cough, it seems like that's the part that lingers forever. You can be uh, you can be well for like weeks. And then that cough is still lingering. I always get that. Exactly. All right. Well, we hope Renee gets feeling better. And we'll look forward to seeing you guys next time on True Crime Broads. Have a great day. This episode is brought to you by Page 2 Inspection Services, LLC. Specializing in foundation inspection reporting, commercial, residential, and home or mixed-use properties. They handle prompt reporting and services at the most competitive price in the structural engineering field. PAL Engineering Services also specializes in structure, structural reporting, and mechanical engineering in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, and throughout the state of Texas. They do structural inspection, Track full home inspection and evaluation, foundation inspection and repair plan, modular home inspection, pest inspection, mechanical and electrical inspections, drainage plans, and retaining walls. Be sure and check them out at uh, www.page2inspections.com or www.palengineeringinc.com. The phone number to reach them at is 972-268-4140. Thank you for supporting True Crime Broads.
beat those back. Skirt off the block, black, black. 12 on the clock. I pay in cash. You do the math. I bust the bag. You take the tab. I cut you fast. You had a gas. Skirt off the block, 12 on the clock. I pay in cash. You do the math. I bust the bag. You take the tab. I cut you fast. You had a gas.